Welcome to Hearts and Minds. This is Maura Cassidy. What does it mean to be authentic? Great things depend on whether you and I live an authentic real life. But nobody becomes authentic by trying to be someone else. Today on our guest podcast series, I'm joined by Helen Hughes, who's going to speak to us about becoming my authentic self. Helen's background is in engineering, but in the last seven years, she is a director of a state agency, the first woman appointed as a director of this agency, and she is now leading um, uh, leading on the team. You're very welcome, Helen. Thanks, Maura. Good to be here. That's super. We had you before, of course, so it's great to have it's people been, back. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. So can you tell us a little bit, Helen, what you understand by authenticity or being your authentic self? Because it is yeah. a phrase we hear a lot about, but sometimes yeah. I don't know yeah. if we really dig into what it means. Yeah. And I prefer to talk about becoming your okay. authentic self because it's very much a, a process and a lifelong process where we don't mm. suddenly be be authentic. But the word authentic means genuine, being genuine, honest and true to ourselves. But we have to caveat that by saying being true to our best self mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. we, you know, we don't want to give in to our, our, our the negative traits mm. and to work on the positive traits. So, you know, as you say, nobody becomes authentic by being trying to be somebody else. And if you if you do do that, it can cause a lot of anxiety. So the, the happiest way to go through life is being authentic. But to do that, we need to know ourselves and we'll, we can deal about, we can talk about that later, how to get mm-hmm. to know yourselves mm-hmm. bet, better. Because in a funny way, we sometimes think we know ourselves really well, but in fact, we don't give it a lot of time. Can I ask um, a little bit about the literature? Because I know there's a lot of literature on this, but mm-hmm. um, if you were to talk about, say, consistent consistent themes in authentic people, um, what, what what would that look like? So a lot of the research on this area of authenticity is from the from comes from people studying leadership mm-hmm. and what makes good leaders. Mm-hmm. And I think you know we can apply that to even if we're not in a in a strong leadership role, we all are on the path to leadership in whatever form. Um, and it's interesting that the the research is all being related to leadership. So the Harvard Business Review. Um, to discuss this whole area of uh, d- developing your leadership traits. And the study that they've shown, the con- common themes are that authentic people have a strong sense of purpose mm-hmm. and they know themselves well. It's the first thing. So purpose. So we, we'll come back to purpose. The next thing is that they practice their values and their principles consistently. Mm-hmm. And they, they're, they're visible as well. They action, they live their life and they, their actions in their workplaces, both with the heart and head, so they don't become too rigid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also that they, the other area is that they commit to personal growth mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because that's the becoming part. It's, mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. It's, it's a process and you have to keep at it mm-hmm, regularly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you start with the purpose, basically. Is that what you do? You do, yeah. Now, we all have different aspects of our life. So, um, you know, we have our social, family, uh, work, mm-hmm. uh, our intellectual life, you know, physical, you know, all these areas. So we might have a purpose. So in our work, um, we have to define what is our purpose. And it's very good to think about what contribution am I making in the workplace? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'll take work, for example. 
what contribution I'm making now by being myself? What contribution could I make? So we have to, to st- write statements of purpose, just like an organization has mm-hmm. a statement of purpose. And say, what is my purpose in the workplace, in my family life, in my social life? And actually take, take some, we have several purposes in our life mm. and take some time to define it. Could be a one line. Um, for example, at the workshop, I asked somebody I knew as a nurse and she said, my purpose is to be provide people-centric service and care to people and to be very competent in my work. She had a very clear sense of yeah, purpose. And then, yeah. then I asked other people and, it, you know, they hadn't really thought mm, about it. Mm. So I'm a public servant. So obviously my 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 first purpose is to be a good public servant for the people of Ireland. So it's mm-hmm. clear and, and then other purposes besides. So that's really, um, purpose is the starting point. Mm-hmm. And then the second, uh, so people need to actually, it's a good idea. This is just one way of, Mm-hmm. Learning how to be authentic is look at your purpose in those areas, various aspects of your life. And like a statement of strategy, uh, the next area you normally look at is, well, what are your values? Mm-hmm. So if these leaders are consistently showing that they li- consistent live their life consistent to their values, we need to look at our values. And there are lists out there of values that you mm. could, and we think of things like integrity, honesty, collaboration. There, there are lists you can get and you could say, well, what are my top five values? Mm. Um, and, and you actually say, okay, I, I want honesty or integrity or... Um, the hard thing so can you, be to choose the values because there's so many of them. There's so many. Courage would be one. Mm. Um, optimism. Or, you know, so there's lots of values. Well, what are the most important ones um, for me? For, for example, for myself, I think this whole area of being wholehearted mm. in what I'm doing. So it's, it's, but also being very, um, you know, integrity, having, living mm. integrity. So values, that, and then after values, then you go into action. But what happens is most of us go straight to action. Mm. Um, so that's, that's the pro- a process. Hmm. Yeah, no, very good. I, I would agree wholeheartedly and to use your value <laughs> um, with the fact that we do tend to go to action. And is that is that because we just don't think we have time or because it's not very, it doesn't seem very scientific, this process? Maybe we don't even trust ourselves to do a good job of it. I think, um, you know, we're always thinking of resolutions. Fair and, enough. You know, you know, the, the, the 1st of January and we do our resolutions, but we don't go the step further about, you know, what per where my purpose and the values and then then to action and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, the last thing is action mm-hmm. and we go straight to action mm-hmm. so it's very good to have a sort of self-audit but we also then need to look at our personality traits so if mm-hmm. we have personality traits that aren't really serving us very well mm-hmm. that aren't helping us live our values then we need to identify them that um, and also look at the trait that may be the biggest obstacle. You know, what is the trait, be it impatience, is that your biggest obstacle or you don't listen to people or you think you know everything. So mm. the, the traits are also very important. But the, the, the trick is to get to know ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and how, like, you know, we can look at the mirror and see something, but oftentimes people can tell us things about ourselves that we find... Really, 
you know, mm. unless it's your mother, of course, yeah. in which case <laughs> you may you might go in, in one ear and out the other. But what is the best way of getting to know yourself? Well, I think, you know, there is a little, there's, there's a lots of different ways. There is time, we need time for self-reflection and we need time to look at the day or the week and say, you know, what, where are we going? Where, what are we working on or where are areas of improvement? But for me, I just think feedback is golden. Mm. And I really appreciate when people give me good feedback and various people throughout my life, all through the life I can... Yeah, I have lists of people who who made an impact on me and gave me honest feedback. And it, it took a lot of, um, sometimes it took, it was hard for them to give me mm. feedback because I didn't want to listen. And I think um, Irish people don't particularly like feedback. Mm. And, we, we, and we're also not very good at perhaps giving feedback. Mm. Mm, interesting. <laughs> but we don't have to listen to everybody's comments and feedback about ourselves. I think the most important thing is to listen to people who's, who you respect, who know you've got your back hmm. and you then, um, because a lot of people who are just critical and they don't, you know, they don't really care about you. Hmm. So it's the people who care and want you to improve. They're the ones you listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, and feedback can be painful, but then hmm. it usually is, that's usually our biggest trait that we need to work on our v- virtue. Where do we need to build virtue? Hmm. Um, I think we have to see it through the lens of how other people, because we have blind spots about ourselves. Mm. That's normal. Mm. There's, it's, I think it's called the jihadi window or something. <laughs> we all have, we all have a blind spot, and mm. we need help in that mm. area. Um, and we think back to people who've helped us, and we also need to help others at mm. the same time. Can I ask, Helen? You've mentioned that you didn't initially like feedback, but now obviously you really appreciate it. Yeah. How did that change happen? Um, because I saw the value of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also saw how difficult it was for the person giving it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they, they were getting embarrassed. Mm-hmm. So then I, I thought, well, they're putting themselves out for me yeah, by doing, putting themselves out. And I thought, I, ha- I really need, I have a responsibility now because they've, mm-hmm. they've made themselves uncomfortable. They don't yeah. like doing it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and a few years ago, I had three bosses who were always giving me good feedback. And when I got a promotion, we all went out for lunch and I told them individually what bits of feedback that I appreciated most from each of them. Wow. And they had totally forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really quite, quite mm, moving, actually, yeah. the whole lunch we had. Yeah. Um, because I said, like, I really appreciate that. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think if we can all le- learn to... To, to actually appreciate it, uh, I think it, it will really help us learn mm. to get to know ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, there's that great book out there, you know, Thanks for the Feedback, um, um, by, by Duke, and I can't remember the second author, but he actually quotes how much it costs, you know, the global economy, our inability to process feedback. Yeah. I'll give it, and it's just shocking. It's, it's absolutely it shocking. It is shocking, but more, I think it's the highest form of charity. Yeah. It's mm. one of the highest forms of charity mm. for that f- sort of, that feedback, I think, mm. uh, because it's so helpful mm. for people. Mm. And uh, yeah, a high form of charity. Yeah, it shows great commitment. It does. It definitely does. Yeah. Um, I, I, when we were chatting earlier, Helen, um, I don't want to go back, but um, you you mentioned a quote um, by the US chief physician, which I thought was super powerful because yeah. certainly... Um, 
if anybody listening to this podcast is thinking, okay, I'd be my authentic self and sort of tempted to sort of zone out that quote when you, when you, when you, you know, you read it earlier, I thought, wow, that's really powerful. I think it's really worth in this podcast, you know, even taking the opportunity to actually okay, to, yeah. to read it because I think it's absolutely wonderful. Well, when I was preparing for the for this the uh, workshop and mm. this podcast, I happened to be reading the New York Times, and my sister often sends me articles because she lives in New York. Mm-hmm. And she mentioned, I mentioned this topic and she, she sent me an article about from the US chief physician and it really struck me and, mm-hmm. and I'm going to read it mm-hmm. now. This is a time when so many people feel we have to be a certain person to build a certain brand, to meet other people's expectations. I think to not be able to who you are, who, be who you really are takes a toll on you. I want to promote a culture that allows people be who they are without feeling judged or ashamed, in which people call a radical authenticity. And that and and we have to allow people be the way themselves. We should be allowed be the way we are, mm. and we allow other people be the way our, our, we are. So radical authenticity, it's quite quite a statement. Mm. No, definitely. <laughs> you know. So um and then it's just like I'm sure we've all had moments in our lives where we knew we weren't being authentic and we've come maybe out of a meeting or uh, an encounter with somebody and say, and we feel bad and we said, gosh, I should have done this or I wasn't being true to myself in that situation. And I think we learn from those experiences. So we take note and say, well, what would I do differently? And Mm. then next time, hopefully we will show up and we will be Mm. our true self and we will maybe open our mouth because authenticity takes courage. It's also another aspect of authenticity is not comparing yourself with, mm. with other people because we're all so unique and so different. Um, so this this thing of comparison can lead to a lot of anxiety. Mm. Um, and that's actually what the US chief's physician was saying. He was constantly living up to other people's expectations and that caused him anxiety and stress, mm. which he sees a, a lot around him in society. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very interesting. And as you say, it's it's great to see it in the literature. Yes. You know, because yeah. sometimes, you, as you say, you often know yourself. I'm not really being true to myself, but there's that inner tension, yeah. you know, which is more than healthy. And you realize there's something wrong here. I need to face up to it. Yeah. You know, which I think is very helpful, actually, for, for people to. So how might somebody start, you know, in this process, Helen? You know, we, we've talked about, you know, purpose, values. Um, we've talked about self-awareness, f- taking feedback. Um, mm committing to personal growth. Um, so the first step, as you say, is, is there the reflection piece on who we are. There is um, more on the Hearts and Minds website. There is a resource from Fantastic. the, from the uh, workshop on mm-hmm. in May mm-hmm. and they're in this podcast, except that starting with values, sorry, starting with uh, purpose. Mm-hmm. And this could be your purpose, as I said, in social uh, emotional, intellectual, all the different aspects of your life, your work, etc. And then, so that's the purpose. You have several purposes. We're all got several hats, mm. on, you know, several roles in our life. Um, and then the values that are most important to us. And then an audit on the where we are and which virtues are we strong on and which we aren't on. And what's the predominant trait that is an obstacle for us to living our values. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the last thing is action planning. 
Mm-hmm, so the mm-hmm. very, the last thing. So normally, this is sort of linked very much to some mentoring okay. that I've done um, and experienced of being a mentee and have been mentored, mm-hmm. uh, which there is a an actual method of doing this. So you actually look at where you are now, mm-hmm. which is called the reality of your life, and, and, and say, where, where do I, where am I now? And then the, the actual, where do I want to get to? And we look at options to getting there. And then we decide what actions we need to do. So it's called the GROW mentoring model. It's goals, reality, options. And the, the last one is work. And when I was giving the workshop, they said, what do you mean by work? And work is really what to do next. It's not the how, it's the what. What What do we have to do? What actions? What are our, people could call it resolutions. Mm. Some people could. Where are we going to work on? And the most important thing is not to have 10 or 12 actions or, you know, resolutions or areas we're going to work on. Maybe pick the top three mm. or four. And, and, and uh, wh- whether that's, I'm just going to be an example of, um, if we're a procrastinator, mm. you know, wh- how am I going to stop procrastinating? What little step am I going to do? So what's my action plan for that? If I'm very impatient, am I going to do some be- deep breathing and, and make sure I don't interrupt anyone for the next week? <laughs> you know, so, so all of those, where are we not, where are our virtues, our personality traits, our lack of virtue? impeding us living our values, which is not being authentic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you have, it's like an audit of yourself. Mm. But we don't think of ourselves as a business, mm. but we are. It, it's serious. Mm-hmm. As I said earlier in your introduction, it's serious how we live our life. Mm-hmm, so we mm-hmm. have to really think about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think um, I was at a talk the other day and I said, we really need to help people think. Mm. And we don't like it. And this links in very much to um, f- the first chapter of uh, The Way, which is the f- one of the first books that St. Jose Maria wrote. Mm-hmm. And on his f- it's very interesting, but his first chapter is all about character. Mm-hmm. And he talks about, on point number 16, sorry, I've mislaid the point. And yeah, no, you you know you like this one a lot. It I is do. it is interesting though, as you say, that the first chapter of his first book was all about character, as opposed to, in other words, we're the raw material that we have to work with. Yes. Which I think is very encouraging. You know, is that it, we're good enough. You know, the raw material is good enough, but it's um, it's the, the, the you might say almost the seriousness with which we treat ourselves. Not heavy, but a sense of you know taking ourselves seriously that we're worth the effort. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry, Maura, I can't find the point, but it's in the first chapter of the way. And it's all about that we don't want to face ourselves because mm. we're cowards. Mm. And it takes work mm-hmm. um, and we takes time and reflection. We do. So facing ourselves is actually a very first part of mm-hmm. character development. Mm-hmm. And a lot of parents would know this about, you know, person mm. for character development and, and this. But I think um, St. Maria knew very well. The what danger of not facing yeah, yeah. yourself because yeah. then we're just following the crowd yeah. and we're just imbibing the values that are just around us mm. instead of deciding, well, what values? Mm. If we don't take time, to set aside time to look at these values, we will 
just pick up all the values around it by osmosis and we won't be purposeful and, um, what's the word, intentional mm. about how we live our lives. Mm-hmm. We Otherwise, we get on the, the treadmill. Mm-hmm. We just keep action without that mm-hmm. time for reflection. And there's lots of books about time. You know, there's Time to Think by a, a lady, lady called Klein. There's different books about this, the importance of reflection mm-hmm. because we're living in this time with all the distractions of technology and everything. It's, it's actually pulling us away from thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to be really careful about that because the power to think is our greatest gift. Mm-hmm. And I think we use very a small percentage of it, mm-hmm. of the capacity we have mm-hmm. in thinking and being intentional about how we live our lives. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. There's a book actually out now, Stolen Focus by Joanne Harry. And he literally talks about exactly what you're saying there. Yeah. That it's a, it's, it's, it's a phenomenon that we actually, we just don't, we can't think in the same way as we yeah. used to because our focus has been stolen yeah. by so many other things. So like we have mm. to get practical here. Yes. We actually mm. have to allocate time for mm. thinking. So, so how much time would you recommend? So at work, we mm. are all recommended to, to put in, book, book out time for focus and, and otherwise we, and, and actually guard that time mm. so that the whole week isn't action, that we spend time um, reflecting on how we're doing, as you sort of monitoring. Because as I say, it's becoming authentic. It's a process. So any process requires monitoring and evaluation and seeing how we're getting on, and what are we going to do to redirect ourselves and reorientate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it, the, that process. So I tend to do a lot of thinking on Sunday evening. Mm. <laughs> and so it's, sometimes it's to do with planning the week. And, you know, um, so Sundays I like, it's a quiet evening and I like to do maybe an hour of thinking. Mm. Um, and, you know, obviously it's better to do, you know, I, everybody's going to have to find out their time, but it's important to carve out time mm. to think. It could be half an hour, uh, you know, on a Friday or an hour, you know, we'll have to work that one out. Mm-hmm. And there's no, I, rest, there's, there's no, no recipe, there's no formula, but, okay. but, but to actually look, it, we never think if we don't actually schedule it mm-hmm. and it'll never happen. Mm-hmm. So we have to schedule it. Mm-hmm. And, and so the I, last thing we want to do Maura, as well. No. So we mm-hmm. will get, we're afraid. Mm. So uh, just like mm-hmm. St. Jose Maria said, we're cowards. Mm. The, the, the cowardice in us mm. will stop us facing ourselves and stop us thinking. Mm. And can I ask, like, um, what, would, what, would, what would the thinking process look like? Because for, for some of us, and as you mentioned at the outset, Helen, that we tend to get straight into action. Yeah. Our thinking could be very outcome focused. This week I'm going to meet, I'm going to do, I'm going to yeah, achieve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas I think what you're talking about is more self-reflection in terms of how am I, is it more how am I going to show up? Or how, would you talk us through that a little bit? Yeah, showing up, um, reflecting on things that went well mm-hmm. and things that didn't, what we learned from things, mm-hmm. um, where areas of our life where maybe there's some, you know, relationship Mm-hmm. clashes or whatever, how are we going to, uh, or some whatever difficulties or challenges we're facing, mm. how are we going to, what's the best approach? Um, how are we going to, uh, so it's really linked 
to what's the reality? Mm. What's going on? The reality of your life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that week, that month, mm-hmm. and not daydreaming mm. about what could be, what should be. Yeah, you know, I think one of the podcasts was talked about the should itis, could have, mm. should have, would have. You know, it's what's happening now and what can I do mm. and what mm. will I do um, now mm. in the reality of this week, this month, mm. where mm. I am. Um, and it helps us be real and, mm-hmm. and, and manage expectations because otherwise we're daydreaming. Mm-hmm. And I like the way you put it there. You say, what did, what went well? Because maybe some of the reasons we don't like to reflect because we think it's always going to be a negative space. Well, that's that's quite mm. Uh, mm. characteristics we have as Irish people. <laughs> <laughs> Irish <laughs> women. <laughs> Irish women, yeah, yeah. So um, absolutely, we look at what went well, what mm. we learned from. So the, mm. the, yeah, it's not all focused on the bad. It's mm. celebrating the things that went well, mm-hmm. the successes, the new approaches. Maybe we had a, a little win. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody said to us, mm-hmm gosh, you're much more patient than mm-hmm. you used to be. <laughs> and somebody that gave us really good feedback, mm. you know, because they do good feedback mm. as well. And um, so it's important as well, if we have situations where we're coming across people, that we give them good feedback mm. as well. That's, when they do, yeah. it's not always negative yeah. feedback. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Just, we think feedback is negative, yeah. always. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a skill in itself how to give good feedback and managers mm. and learn this all the, all the time mm. you know how, how to give effective feedback mm-hmm. and it's, I suppose what you described there really is that the purpose needs to be the starting point but then you need to need to end in action yeah otherwise there's no reality yeah. about it and the purpose can be simple this is not yeah. a lot you know it's it's a, it can be I want to be really competent mm-hmm. or I want to uh, really contribute to my tennis club. Mm-hmm. And how am I going to do that? Mm. So, because if you're spending energy and time on something, mm. it's important. Mm. And so where, how are you going to do your best mm. contribution there? Mm. Otherwise, mm. what's the point? Mm. You know, do something else. Mm. Yeah, we no. have, we have so much choice. We have to select mm. um, with the time, a limited time available. What's our priority? Mm. And then if that's, we've given that priority, mm. well, how are we going to show up there and, and contribute, make the best contribution? Mm. Mm, very good. Helen, is there anything that you haven't said that you'd like to finish with? <laughs> Pro- probably lots of things, Maura. Um, but I like the Harvard Business Review um, research, which said we have the authentic leaders or authentic people lead with their heart and their mind. Mm, that's very nice. And that links mm. into hearts and minds. Hearts and minds. <laughs> <laughs> very nicely. And just to say to some of our listeners, actually, Helen did a wonderful presentation on this, as she has referenced in her podcast. Um, she did a wonderful presentation on a workshop that we had, or an overnight, as we call them, on in, in May, actually, the beginning of May this year. So um, it was very, very popular. So we asked her to podcast it for those who missed it. Um, so anyway, we'll be, we'll be starting back with our overnights again in September. Yeah. Well, the resources there available on Absolutely. the website. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll include resources at the end of this podcast as well. So we'll find that point in the way as well that you were trying to reference. Uh, and yes, that's right. And also I think I have some reference to other other literature. You do, you do, which we'll, we'll include that for all our listeners. Well, thank you so much, Helen, for giving your time and to join us here on, on Hearts and Minds. Thank you to our listeners. Um, and please keep the feedback coming in with suggested topics um, because we like to be able to reach you wherever you're at. Thank you. Thank you.